This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Today, we discuss that question. Was it a robbery? You know, when you're the undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world and you've had the story that Kovalev's had to get there and do all this work and to lose it like that, is, I can see where his corner's coming from. I can see why they're screaming robbery because... He didn't get beat up. He didn't. For me, what again? For me, Ward didn't come and take the titles off the champion. I've got a feeling that Nick doesn't like James DeGale because he talks about him like this. He could be he's undisputed. He could be about to become the undisputed head, super middleweight champion in the world. Yet he's not even the cock of the street because George Groves beat him twice. <laughs> I haven't heard that for time. He's not even the cock of the street, man. Exactly. <laughs> and I also have a problem. We're trying to call one of our competition winners for this weekend's show in Cardiff. All I want to do is give you some tickets, mate. Yeah, good Oh, mate, we've got a really shit line there, pal. Here, I'll try you again to try and get you on a better line. All right, mate? Okay, All right, mate, one sec. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 52 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much if you are a subscriber already. We've got some big news. Um, 50,000 downloads in eight months. I'm pretty happy Damn, with that. That's unreal. Absolutely oh. unreal. And we can't do that, obviously, without you. Do go in and hit the button or, or listen to it on your, whatever device you're listening to us on. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Hopefully you keep coming back for more. Um, and as uh, and as a little treat, I don't know if this is a little treat because we were going to do this anyway, whether we got to 50,000 or not. You will have heard us on last week's show giving away... Um, tickets to go and watch Billy Joe Saunders and Terry Flanagan in Cardiff this weekend. You'll hear from our competition winner a little later on in this show. Um, but over the next couple of weeks, we've got a couple of pairs of tickets to Anthony Joshua, Eric Molina in Manchester to give away. Uh, the way that you register for that is obviously go to our website, um, fightdisciples.com. We're just going to make that exclusive to podcast people. So if you come and you download and you take your time to obviously listen to our nonsense on a weekly basis... Go there now, register, make sure you've registered, uh, fightdisciples.com, put your name in there, put your email address in there, you'll automatically be entered into our Anthony Joshua ticket giveaway. And that's just a little bit of a thank you from me and Nick um, for taking the time to uh, obviously download our stuff, man. 50,000 downloads, Adam, inside a year. Eight months, man, yeah, that's cool. It's insane, isn't it? You know, we didn't... uh... When we started, we just this, thought we it was just, just me, you, and your dad listening. We were, That's exactly, <laughs> we were just two little five fans stuck in a uh, in a studio in the northwest, and we didn't think it would blow up like this. But uh, you know, it's great, and I'm glad everyone's listening. I'm glad we've got so many fight disciples out there enjoying the show. And uh, you know, the more listeners we get, the more hits we get, the more uh, you know good reviews that we get. Listen, the more tickets we'll get to give away, the more fighters we'll get fighting to come in the studio, the better the show, show will get, upwards and onwards, world domination, you know the drill. Absolutely, man. And one of the things that I've enjoyed the most over the last seven days, on our Twitter feed, because I know that you were blasting it from uh, UFC Belfast at the weekend. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk about, obviously, that on our UFC show. Make sure you download that on Thursdays, because I like to take the piss out of it, because he keeps coming up on my TV screen nowadays <laughs> for UFC stuff, walking and talking to cameras, getting a professional in it. He's getting a professional. Uh, but one of the things that I did enjoy the most is the debate over Kovalev Ward on our social media. Yeah. Because I couldn't argue with anybody. I, the, normally, I see a fight a certain way, and that's it. I'm there. That's how I see the fight. 
But so many people were saying, yeah, but what about this? And I go, well, yeah, actually, I can see what you're saying there. So there was there were about several different outcomes that people could argue with me about. Ward won it via this. Kovalev won it via this. Blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't argue with any of them because they were all they were all right. They were all justifiable. Yeah. Where were you at with it? Well, you know, obviously, Kovalev dominates the first four rounds. You know, I had, I had four rounds locked down for Kovalev, plus the knockdown in the second round. I, I had him five rounds up before we even got to the middle of the fight, and I'm thinking, you know, this is this is going to be an absolute whitewash. Yeah. But then, you know, Ward start, started to find his rage. His jab started really working well. You know, he really started to pick rounds, but he, he wasn't winning rounds as effectively as Kovalev was early on in my mind. He was kind of sneaking a couple of rounds, and I was like, oh, you know, was that a 10-10 round? I hate scoring 10-10 rounds, but... I did. Where's that going? I had two 10-10 rounds in it. And I like you say, I hate doing it, but there was two. I put two in there. Which ones? Which rounds? Um, I, I, actually Around... put, I actually put the first round of 10-10, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I agree with exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah. By round six, I had it 5-1. Yeah. And like you just said there, there was a 10-8 in there as well. And, and that, for me... The 10-8 round is the defining moment. I know it's only the second round, but it's the defining moment of the fight because I I scored the fight as a Kovalev win. That's how I scored the fight. Now, people have said, well, no. People have said, well, yeah. Well, this is where I was at with it. I scored five rounds to Kovalev, five rounds to Ward with two 10-10 rounds. However, mm-hmm. the second round is a 10-8 round. Yeah. So my finish, if my maths is right, 115-114 Kovalev. That's where I scored it. Mm, so I had it. You went the other way? I kind of did go the other way. And then when I was sitting at home, the problem was I was interacting with social media while I'm watching the fight and I'm listening to the commentary. And I'm like, I get to the end and I'm like, Kovalev's won that fight. Kovalev has won that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And then when it went the other way, I was like, oh, man. Politics. I think Kovalev deserved it. It was close, but then I rewatched the fight on Sunday after Sunday evening, mm. and I rewatched it with the sound right down. I wasn't. I wasn't paying any attention to that. I wasn't on social media. I properly watched the fight in, and, his, in your vest and your kecks. Yeah, exactly. Eating and a bowl a of cornflakes. A lot of them close rounds. I kind of flip flopped the other way because I thought. Andre Ward's working the body great. You yeah. know, he's starting to really slow Kovalev down. You know, a lot of the Kovalev's big punches, they weren't doing the same. You know, he just, he, when he was landing, he was still landing the flashier shots, but he wasn't landing as many shots. And when they were landing, they weren't having the same impact they were earlier on. He was a little bit more sluggish down mm. the stretch. And I got to the last round and I thought, wow, this is like, you could you could score this like whoever wins the last round wins the fight, and I thought Andre Ward won the last round. That's a fair point. Second time around, so I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I've scored the fight two completely different ways on within twenty four hours of each other of just watching it, not having any social media impact, not having any commentary impact." And I was like, "Wow, that that that's so strange. I can't remember the last time a fight divided me like that." As as the outrage from the majority of fight fans come because it was a unanimous decision. Yeah, if, 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 if you have a split decision in that fight, yeah. nobody argues. No. But if you've got a unanimous decision and everybody scored it the exact same, 114-113, yeah. then you get people going, and then Kovalev comments at the end of the fight where he says, we're in America, all American judges, which I think he's a little bit bent, let's be honest. It shouldn't have been all American judges. No, it shouldn't, definitely not. Um, and therefore that's well, they, where all this debate comes They've just opened themselves from. up for this criticism, you see. Once I've seen the judges line, well, obviously, to be honest, 
I, I thought it was either going to be wide for Ward or a knockout for Kovalev. We talked about it on last week's show. So I didn't really pay much attention when they announced the judges, to be honest, on Saturday night, because I was like, it ain't going to be close. Obviously, we were wrong. It was incredibly close. I just think, from this point now, uh, obviously, they, they've got to have a rematch. The, undis- the undisputed, you know, that was the undisputed light heavyweight title, the dubbed pound for pound list. They've got to have a rematch. It was far too close. And you know, watching the commentary on Saturday, obviously, Tony Bell, you good mate of ours, doing the commentary for Sky Sports, he said afterwards, he said that, um, you know, uh, the judges. Uh, it, it should all all be divided and stuff like that. But you've you know the ju- it's an even playing field when you go out there. As soon as the belt gets put on the side of the table, you've got co- blue corner against red corner. It's completely even. There's no I I, I kind of don't see it like that. I don't agree. I don't like not agreeing with my boy Tony Bellew, but I, I kind of don't see it like that. For me to win the title, to win a world title, you've got to go and take the title off the champion. That's what I like to see. Yeah, I think. It, I, you know, because if it's a draw, the ti- the belt, the champion keeps the belt. You know, if a fight, if that fight ends a draw, Kovalev takes the belt home. That's just how it works. Yeah. You know, it's not like they go, oh, okay, well, the belt stay here because neither of us won. If it's a draw, so in my mind, you've got to take the belt off the champion. For a draw, in hindsight, a draw would have been a perfectly reasonable, perfectly fine result. Did Andre Ward do enough to take the belt off Kovalev? Mm. Let's think of it like that, and think of the whole twelve rounds as a bigger picture. In my opinion, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Was, Kovalev but, didn't get beat up enough to no. lose his titles. But was Kovalev's work in that in those last six rounds effective? Because it, yes, it's eye catching. Yes, he's coming forward, and yes, he's aggressive. But as Paulie Malinaji was saying in commentary, was it effective work in order to keep his title? Yeah, but then you could argue by the seventh, <laughs> eighth round, he was that far ahead anyway. Mm. You know, he, he had a ton of rounds in the bank that going down the stretch, it was like, well, you know, as we were heading into like the eighth, ninth, I was kind of, I was starting to think, okay, Ward's been a bit more effective now, but he's going to need a knockout soon. He's going to have to drop Kovalev to even the scores up, you know, it's no, it's no good coming back into it now, it's too late, he needs to drop him. But then, as I say, when I watched it the second time and I got to the 12th round, I was like, wait a minute, actually, I've got it level now. Ward, if Ward wins this 12th round, which I think he did, he, he wins the fight by a single round. So, And that's just me. As I'm the same person, I've watched the fight twice and scored it both ways on both occasions. So, so. therefore, definitely, definitely not a robbery. It's not a robbery. No, no. Everybody's going OTT saying, oh, he's robbed, absolutely robbed. If this fight is in Russia, then he might get the decision. Yeah, he probably does with that particular point, but it's not a robbery. It's not a daylight no. robbery. We've seen worse. I mean, we saw one. Um, we uh, Jim McDonald in uh, Monte Carlo two weeks ago. Yeah, that, you know? was, that was a lot worse. So uh, it definitely wasn't a robbery, but it's, again, you know, when you're the undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world and you've had the story that Kovalev's had to get there and do all this work and to lose it like that, I can see where his corner's coming from. I can see why they're screaming robbery because he didn't get beat up. He didn't, for me, again, for me, Ward didn't come and take the titles off the champion. It wasn't a dominating performance where he deserved to walk away with the belts. You know, again, scored it both ways. A draw would have been a fair decision. I think Kovalev should have took the belts home. And we should st- we should be now talking about a rematch, which we're obviously going to be talking about. It should be a rematch. We need a rematch. I just think the wrong guy is going to walk to the ring second uh, You know, in, for that rematch. I think Kovalev should probably still have his belts. And I'm saying that even though I scored the fight last night, to war by one round. It was that close. It was crazy. What do you make of the noises that are already coming out from Ward's camp about him maybe doing a Roy Jones Jr. and going all the way to heavyweight? 
Well, he can't now. He can't at this point. He can't just walk away from Kovalev. No. And not after a fight when it's that close. Because that'll hang over him for his entire career. You know, you, you can't walk away from a points decision like that when it's so close, when so many people have scored it against you. He can't have that hanging over him. Uh, what will that do towards long-term legacy? You know, it, all this talk about move, jumping cruiser and going straight to heavyweight and all that, you know, <clears throat> the difference there was Roy Jones Jr. was head and shoulders the best light heavyweight on the planet. Superman, you know, he was he was at his peak then. He was the pound. There was no conversation about who the best pound for pound is. It was Roy Jones Jr. He had decimated everybody. Mm. You know, he, no, he was untouchable. Andre Ward is not untouchable light heavyweight champion. He's just squeaked the belts. He's just literally edged the belts out of Kovalev's grasp. That is not what Roy Jones was at. Roy Jones was in a completely different stratosphere in terms of domination of this weight class before he moved, moved up to fight John Ruiz for the heavyweight title, which, which subsequently, as we know, basically ruined his, ruined his, entire, ruined his legacy. But uh, I just think it's crazy talk, to be honest. The only talk that should be going on right now is when's the rematch? Where's it happening? Who's walking? To, you know, how much is it going to be? And let's get it on. Let's prove once and for all who the best light heavyweight on the planet is. Um, by the way, can you tell Bellew I'll, I'll be sending him an invoice because on uh, was it Friday or Saturday morning? It might have been. I knew that he was working the fight, right? Yeah. So I put a little tweet out on our um, on our on our Twitter, which I which I robbed from somebody else. I'm going to give him the credit, right? Ko Kings on Twitter came up with a brilliant stat that's. Uh, that fight the weekend, Kovalev Ward, was only the third time in history uh, two top five pound for pound undefeated fighters have faced each other. It's a good one, yeah. Good, good stat. Yeah. If you go back to the opening of the show, right? Go back does, to the. Does, does Bell, you draft that one, does he? Yeah, but he makes it obvious, right? Because, Tony, I saw that you liked the tweet, right? <laughs> I saw that you did that. So he's gone on TV. And then he's dropped the stat in in his opening gambit. And I'm thinking, you little shitbag. Uh, it's good material. Good uh, material. Well, he's getting an invoice. It's a good Spell you. Listen, man. <laughs> if you want me to be your scriptwriter, I'll be your scriptwriter for you, mate. Via, obviously, other Twitter accounts. I was just going to say, yeah. So <laughs> if we invoice him, the KO Kings get to invoice us. No, 100%. They will be doing, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> What did you think of the rest of that card at the weekend? Did you see much of it? Obviously, it was on a, a crazy hour, so, you know, like me, I don't know whether I you sat in your fights or you, whether you just jumped at the main event or... Yeah. Because speaking of robberies, there was a robbery on that bill, that Morris Hooker fight, uh, Dolly's Perez. It was uh, NABO. Just want to mention it for anyone else that stayed up the duration for it or watched it all the next day. Talking of robberies, now that actually was a robbery, that Morris Hooker, he's being built up as... Well, they, they took him out of him uh, with... Um, What's his name from Scotland, aren't he? The uh, our boy up in Scotland, Josh Taylor, world, world champ. No, no. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Ricky, Ricky Burns. Burns. This guy's been lined up as the next opponent for Ricky Burns. You know, he's twenty-four fights, twenty-three fights undefeated, whatever he is, fighting this uh, this Darlies Perez. And, and, and tell you what, Perez absolutely punched him from pillar to post. <laughs> Got to the end, and it was scored a draw. It was absolutely shocking. Now that was a real robbery. That was a real bad decision. Kovalev Ward. Flip a coin, man. It was close. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, now, as well as obviously that super fight that was happening uh, at the weekend uh, last Friday, again, I've said on this show on many occasions that I'm a massive fan of Friday Night Fight Night. Uh, Channel 5 providing a little bit of free-to-air television for us. George Groves back in action against uh, Edward Goodneck. Before we carry on with this, um, I'm sure everybody's fully aware of what happened after the fight where Eddie Goodneck... 
uh, collapsed in his changing room and then it was ended up taken to hospital and he'd been operated on. Really, just, I hate stuff like this, especially when there's um, an air of the past as well. Same arena, same TV channel, same hospital as Nick uh, Blackwell, but what we're hearing is that he is recovering well. We don't know that for fact at the time of obviously recording this particular show. Um, but everybody here at Fight Disciples wishing him all the best because nobody wants that. We know that it's not no, a game. Not. This, this no. is not a game. You go in there, you're risking your life every single time and we wish him all the best uh, with his recovery. Yeah. He had surgery, didn't he? Mm. he surgery today on Monday or whatever it was. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously our best wishes go to Gutnecht, you know, and he's, it's, it's a tough old business, isn't it? You know, we know what's... Uh, Unfortunately, the fighters themselves know what the risks the risks. Well, that's are. it. And I've seen so many things on social media afterwards where, where people are saying, I, I said that he should have been pulled out at 9 or 10. I said, I said yeah. that this should have happened. I, said, I knew that this was going to happen. Nobody knows that that's going to happen. At the end of the day, like what you were just alluding to there, fighters know the risks when they take up this sport. They know that that can happen at any particular time. And if we're going to go on history of fighters, Eddie Goodnick's been with his, his team for a period of time. They know that he's made out of iron. They yeah. know that he's hard as nails and therefore that he would quite comfortably go 12 rounds and not get knocked out and maybe come up with a Hollywood punch yeah. at the end of the day. He went 12 rounds with Jürgen Bremer. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> just, well, earlier this year, didn't he, for the world title? So they know he's a tough kid. They Obviously, <clears throat> I think people watching the fight might think, well, yeah, but George was, was well ahead on points. You know, he was never... Yeah, and that's justifiable. Going to win that fight, but they but know their man, so therefore exactly. you've got to trust. There's a trust element between trainers and fighters, and and, and you've got to you've, you've just got to go with that. It's all right us afterwards saying, but he was battering him. Yeah, he was, but they know his man. They yeah. they know what he's like in that situation. I've been at events when people, unfortunately, people have been injured in the ring, and uh, you know, taking taking one shot too many, and um, it, it sounds strange, but you know, you know. You know, I, I was at one event. I don't want to mention the fighter because it was a, a tragic story. But uh, you know, it got to the point where everyone at ringside was screaming at the corner to pull the guy out. You know, to end the fight because it was clear to everybody that it was you know something something terribly wrong was about to happen. Obviously, Groves was well ahead at the weekend, but I didn't think Gutnick looked in that much trouble. You know, it wasn't it wasn't clear. That he was going to get seriously injured, if if you know what I mean. So, mm. uh, you know, and at that level, you know, the guys fought at world level before. It wasn't like he was completely overmatched there. It was a good match for George Groves. It was a good match for Gutnecht because it was, you know, both these guys have have mixed within world title class. So, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And as you say, is is corner team known better than anybody? It's just a unfortunately, it's uh, you know <clears throat> these things can happen in boxing, and you know we just got to hope now that you know he gets the he gets the best. The best kind of medical care he can, and he makes a complete recovery. Absolutely. Whilst um, I'm obviously talking about this particular fight, and we'll talk about the technicalities of George Groves' performance in a minute, yeah. I just want to talk about fans slagging off what channel he's fighting on on a Friday night. End of the day, does it matter? Exactly. Does it matter what channel it's on? It's good for us, mate. It's exactly. good. The more people that are involved in this and putting boxing on mainstream television, the better it is for us as fans because we're not going to get ripped off. Because of the competition, if there's a monopoly, then somebody can command that price. Whatever they want to charge for it, they're going to charge for it. But if you've got Channel 5 Cyclone at the weekend, if you've got now this fantastic deal, BT and Box Nation teaming up, mm-hmm. if you've got Eddie doing what he's doing on Sky, then the, the playing field becomes a lot more level. And we get 
more of what we want as fans. That's what we want, surely. Exactly. Of course. No, even okay, we even on the show we, we poked fun at David A a little bit for putting his last two fights on, on Dave, the channel Dave. But yeah. you know, okay, we had a bit of a, 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 a giggle about it, but you know, ask me honestly, I think it's fucking brilliant. I want I want boxing on Dave, I want fight sports on terrestrial TV like Friday night. You know, it's sensational. That's what we want more of. We you know we want more. We want we're all fa- everyone who listens to this show and obviously us, we're fight disciples, we're obsessed with fight sports, so we want them everywhere. So yeah, anyone that anyone that poked fun of the fact that it was on channel five or the commentary team or whatever else, get a grip of yourself, man. This guy it, George Groves is a world class operator. Andrew Selby, chief support, world class operator, and good kids on it was a good card. I enjoyed mm. it. It was a good event. Well let's talk about Groves, man, because we've spoke on this show. Over the last eight months, stating that since he got frotched, he's yep. not looked the same dude. However, I'm starting to retract that statement, mate, because he seems to be getting the old confidence back. And it's definitely the team up with McGuigan. Since he's gone with Shane McGuigan, he looks a brand new fighter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of George Groves. When he had the rematch with Frotch, I actually, I actually tipped. Groves to uh, to win it, you know, the second time around. Obviously, it's uh, it was, it was too too much of an ask for him. He struggled after that, though, didn't he? You're right, mm. he struggled with Rebrace, and then he obviously built up to the fight with Badu Jack over in the uh, over in Las Vegas. You know, it, it was a close fight, but he, he didn't. It wasn't George Groves. It wasn't the same George George Groves that you know tore through James the Gale. Well, that's it. That, was G- on that, a, that that guy beats Badu Jack easily. Yeah, yeah, that I night agree. he beats him easily. Yeah. Completely, but he agree. wasn't there. It was like there was some confidence had got. Like he didn't believe that he could. Exactly, he just seemed to be going through the motions a little bit. And that for me, that was the writing on the wall. I thought that's it. He has been frotched. Yeah, he's ne- he's never ever going to recover. So that was when we- when he was matched with Martin Murray. I really fancied Martin Murray for that fight, even though he's not as big as as big a hitter as George Groves. I thought Martin Murray would outwork him. I thought Martin Murray would want it more than he did. Mm. But I tell you what, George Groves proved to me that night that he's still as hungry as ever to become a world champion. And I thought he proved it again on Friday against Gutnecht as well. I thought it was a, a good performance, a controlled performance. That's what I liked about it. It was, it was controlled aggression. Yeah, You know, he really wor- worked the ring well. He loaded up his shots well. He didn't get carried away. He didn't try and get bomb the guy out of there, you know, feel the pressure of being on terrestrial TV or whatever else. And yeah, I think it's working. The McGuigan corner, they just seem to have him in that right zone. And I think right now, they, they, you know... I think they would take any opportunity for George Groves to fight for a world title now, regardless of where he is now. I know he fought, obviously, Badu Jack and, and, and lost that one in Vegas. Mm. Uh, but I, I think he'd fight anywhere. He'd, he'd go anywhere because right now, the confidence is, I think he beats anybody. And it's realistic. I know that people are, again, so many people were giving me abuse when I was when on social media when I'm asking, how far do you think he's away from becoming Super middleweight champion of the world because Barry McGuigan was on recently and all right he's not his his um, his manager but he he does promote his fights for him right mm-hmm. um, I think he's is he uh, Kala and Nisa Sauerland still yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's still linked to those guys yes but um, Barry McGuigan was coming on and he was talking about and he was listen he knows his ex Barry McGuigan knows his stuff yeah. and he was saying to me. 100% this guy's going to be the world champion. And off the back of that, I was asking questions whether he deserves this shot, whether it's going to happen, and people going, oh, we're fed up of it. He's had, what, three shots at it now? Well, why should he get a fourth shot? Well, why not? Why shouldn't he get a fourth shot? If he's earned it, and by, if you look at, 
me and you have sat here and we've slagged the WBA off on many occasions on this particular show where yeah. they've got a super champion, they've got a regular champion, they've got a silver champion. They've got all these random champions, right? But if you look at the WBA at this moment in time, their super champion belt is vacant. There isn't one. They've got that guy, uh, Tyron Zug, the German fella. Uh, again, most people will be going, who? Google fighter. He's the, he's the regular champion. I think he picked it up at the start of this month in November. Mm-hmm. He became the regular champion then. So a lot of people look at the regular champions as those that are champions in waiting, like second one down to the super champion. Now, he's number three, is George Groves at this moment in time, ranked by the WBA. Yeah. You've got that boy that we've spoke about many a time, Fedor Chudinov, Fedor Chudinov yeah. who's, a, who's a great fighter. Who's is, ranked... he the, is he the super champion then, is he? No, he's ranked number one. There isn't one. It's vacant. The WBA is vacant because uh, of what Sturm got himself uh, involved with. He was the original champ. So now what you've got, you've got Tyron Zug, who's the regular champ. There is no super champ. So there's going to be a moment where, well, they need a super champ. They need mm-hmm. one because that's what they pride themselves on. They, they yeah. need somebody there. So there's going to be a, a fight for that vacant title. George Groves is in that mix. He is, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. I, 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 do you know what? I like that uh, Ramirez for him as well, a WBO champ or whatever he was. The guy who beat Arthur Abram yeah, yeah, yeah. at the start of the year. I, I, I fancy George Groves for him as well. I know he's a big guy, like, but uh, as I say, at the moment, there's no one. The way he's, He just seems to be the old George Groves. He just seems like the old George Groves is back. And, uh, what does this mean, though? I mean, for our boy Callum Smith, right? What does this mean? Because in January, you've got mm-hmm. the WBC, which is Badu Jack, yeah. against the IBF, which is James DeGale. Yeah. To unify the division. Callum Smith is the WBC mandatory, yeah? Yeah. Now, we know that you can get away from mandatories if you unify divisions. Now, mm-hmm. depending on how quick the WBA act, WBA act, George Groves could be champion by March. Let's say if they they, they they make that fight, yeah. If James DeGale is has got two of those belts, the more money, the the, the more sense is a London fight with George Groves, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent, yeah, completely. And therefore, our boy Callum's waiting again. A trilogy fight, yeah. But the great thing is, the great thing with Callum Smith is he's twenty one. Oh, sorry, he's only you know he's he's a baby. What, what is he? 25, 24, yeah, 25, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. He's mid. You know, he's he's mid twenties. Yeah. So I don't think there's a massive rush with with Callum just yet. At the end of the day, if 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 the Gale's at his peak right now and Groves is you know kind of coming back to his best right now, let them go at it. Let them let them batter each other, hammer and tongue. Callum's going to be there. Callum's going to be the waiting. There's no big rush, you know. I think that he. It's kind of it, it. almost reminds me of like this the Stevie Collins days. It's like Ben and Eubanks smashing each other to bits, blah blah. And then Stevie Collins rolls into town and just goes, "Whoop, yeah, I'm I'm betting you both. See you later. I'll take the lot." And, uh, you know, it kind of feels like that with Callum. Obviously, Callum's now been matched with Luke Blackledge as well. Yeah, December Defe- the 10th, defending though, isn't it? Yeah, defending his British title, I think it is. So, uh, in Manchester, that's on the... What bill is that? Is that Joshua. The, that's, that's on the, the Joshua fight. The Joshua bill, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but there was rumours as well. I know that he is, that's confirmed that he's happening for the British title. But he's also European champion as well, is, uh, is Callum. And there, yeah. were, there were noises that that with George Groves for that belt was going to be was going to be made at the start of next year because uh, I think the EBU delayed the purse bids because they were in action too quickly together, if that makes sense. So George Groves obviously fought last weekend, Callum's out in another few weeks. I think the purse bids for that fight mm-hmm. are, are imminent. I think it's in the next one or two weeks. So we could actually see, let's say... The, the WBA don't make a vacant strap available for uh, George Groves. We could actually see George Groves and Callum Smith going at it for a European title at the start of next year. 
I th- we could do. I don't see. I, I, I don't, don't think, think it'll happen. But they I don't could think happen. George. I think the only fight you're going to get George Groves in, certainly against the against James DeGale or Callum Smith, is a world title fight. That's the only fight that makes sense. You know, it's it's too big a fight. If you like, I think. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to to see Callum Smith maybe Martin Murray for a European title fight. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I could see Callum going down the European, you know, sticking with that kind of route mm. uh, and just waiting for the, the lay of the land at world title level to sort itself out. I could see that certainly happening. But uh, I think the only fight that makes sense next for Groves is a world title fight. And it's just a case of delivering on that world title fight now. As you say, the, the great thing that George, the great position George Groves is in, he's kind of got. You know, he's he's fought on Eddie's show, so he, he's familiar to Sky, so he can jump into that one. He's signed with the Sauerland, so they got a big event in Germany coming up. Well, he can jump onto that one, you know, for a world title fight as well. Uh, you know, and they're not short of super middleweights over in Germany. So, again, I think George Groves happily travels, do whatever. I think it's got to be a world title fight next. And I think Callum Smith, unfortunately, probably just... I think that's probably why they've lined up the Blackledge defence as well. You know, I don't think there's a huge rush with Callum Smith because at the end of the day, I genuinely think Callum Smith wipes the floor with all these guys when the time is right. And if the time is... You're right. Chunky, If Chunky unifies the titles against Badu Jack, which I thoroughly think he will do, yeah. the rematch with, with Groves makes too much financial sense back in... Back in uh, you know at Wembley in, down in London. Is that even without a world title being brought to the table by George Groves? Yes, because I think George Groves is world ranked. So yeah, you know we've spoke about this before about the fact that you know as good as he is, the fact that he's the number one in the world. Unfortunately, Mister Gale doesn't doesn't sell a ticket. Well, this is his opportunity. This is his opportunity to really cash in. The, I think the biggest fight out there. He he wins both these titles against Badu Jack. The biggest fight out there financially is going to be the rematch with George Groves because there's a narrative behind it. There's a story behind it. Yeah. You know, the fact that this would be the rubber match these guys have fought three twice already, once in the amateurs. Uh, Groves won, Groves won that fight. Yeah, he's won a buff. Groves won that, even though DeGale went on to the Olympic Games and you know, yeah. was still England's number one. It was, it was Groves that you know suffered ultimately there. And then obviously they fought again in the pro ranks when we we were told James DeGale was going to put the put the you know put it right if you like yeah and 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 Groves wins that fight as well and wins it convincingly as well so it, that's got to be eaten away at James DeGale the fact that he can't walk down his own neighbourhood without people going yeah but you know you lost twice to George didn't you he could be he's undisputed chat he could be about to become the undisputed head, super middleweight champion in the world yet he's not even the cock of their street because George Groves <laughs> beat him twice. I haven't heard that for time. He's not even the cock of the street, man. Exactly. You get what you mean? So you're walking down a street, you've got yourself a Conor McGregor walk going now, the billionaire strut. Every, have you noticed that everybody's doing that, by uh, the way? No, I've seen it. Yeah. Every, Pog like, fo- and, footballers yeah. are celebrating like that. Everything's exactly. doing it. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, everyone's doing it. I did it myself to the studio today. <laughs> like, well, but I think that's like, a, everyone in Manchester walks like that, don't they, Adam? So. Yeah, everybody does that. Exactly. But, but that's, listen, this is James the Gale. And he's, uh, I'm actually doing it now. This is James DeGale. He's doing his billionaire walk. He's got a belt over each shoulder. You know, he's, he's, he's loving life. And next thing you know, George Groves goes past on the bus on his way home from uh, a shopping trip in town and gives him a look that says, yeah, but, you know, I've beat you twice, mate. Listen, that fight will, that fight will happen again the way George has got himself back on track. It makes too much economic sense. Even even a fight with Callum Smith up in Liverpool, who, who will sell the Echo Arena out for his world title fight against A.N. Other, it doesn't matter. George Groves, James DeGale, 
Wembley Arena, whatever it may be, double world title fight sells more money, makes James the Gale more money than any other fight out there. So I think that fight does happen again in 2017. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, this next bit of the podcast is dedicated to our competition winners. If you were listening to episode 49, you will have heard me instruct you to go to fightdisciples.com, register your name and your email address if you want to go to Cardiff this weekend to watch the likes of Terry Flanagan, Billy Joe Saunders in world title action. A top, top prize, bit of a ticket giveaway and a bit of reward for you for being so loyal to us and downloading our podcast. Now, the winner of that the email address that we selected was a gentleman by the name of Connor Burns. I've emailed Connor because I could do his number to ring him live on the show, as I promised in episode 49. However, Connor, you haven't responded to your emails yet, buddy. You need to respond to me so I can get in contact with you to get the tickets to you so you can go to the show this weekend. Okay, you've still got a bit of time. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast right now. That might inspire you to go to your emails, check it, see an email from me because I've emailed you and then you can email me back and we can get you on the show maybe on Friday in our preview show for Billy Joe Saunders, Terry Flanagan and the rest of the boys that are participating in that Frank Warren card uh, in Cardiff. Thank you very much, by the way, to Frank Warren and his team for donating those tickets to us. You will have also seen via our Twitter that we have given away a pair of tickets there as well. All we wanted you to do was retweet it and follow our account. Dead simple, dead simple mechanic. And the person that has managed to get their hands on those tickets, congratulations, Aaron Davies. Well done, mate. Thumbs up to you. However, trying to contact Aaron to get some information to him was a little bit of a nightmare. I text him, he texts me via Twitter, he gave me his number. I rang him. And this is what happened. Come on, Aaron. Hello. Is that Aaron? Yes. Aaron, it's Adam from Fight Disciples. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah. Oh, mate, we've got a really shit line there, pal. Here, I'll try you again to try and get you on a better line. All right, mate? All right, mate. One sec. Of course, got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Technology lets us all down, doesn't it? So I rang him again. Hello. Are you there, mate? What? Blimey, mate, that line's really, really bad there, fella. Mate, I can't say what you're saying because the light, you sound like it sounds like a, a Dalek. I'll try it one more time. I'll try it one more time, Adam. One sec. Take three. Hello. Go on, mate. Speak. Let's see if we can get you better. Mm-hmm. I could, I could. All it, it, sound, it genuinely just sounds like a Dalek in the background. I can hear you going. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tweet you all the details, mate. All right, pal. Okay, that's No, you're more than welcome, mate. Thank you very much for getting involved with it, buddy. All right. Lovely, Top man, mate. See you in a bit. Ta-da. Thank you. Bye, bye. So there you go. It's official. I speak Dalek. Um, Aaron, by the way, mate, if you're writing your Christmas list down, I think a new phone should be on it, sunshine. Jesus, the signal in the valleys is bad. The boy is from Wales. I was looking forward to speaking to him because I'm led to believe that he's a bit of a Liam Williams fan uh, who's in action, obviously, on this card at the weekend in Cardiff. He was supposed to be taking on Patterkate the first, Ahmet Patterson, in this big welterweight clash. But I don't know if you've seen it. Patterson was out doing a bit of road work on Monday night, doing his uh, doing his running, and he was attacked by three guys and he's hit in the head with a brick. 
and therefore he's had to pull out of the fight. Uh, Liam's still fighting. Uh, he's, ta- he's taking on a Russian um, on Saturday night now, but this this is heartbreaking because this particular fight was supposed to be the catapult for either one of these boys to take on Liam Smith. I've no doubt we'll have more on this on Friday's show as we preview this big effort in Cardiff. Anyway, I've had a bit of a nightmare, as you can tell, with competition winners. Well done to Connor. Get back in contact with me via your email. Uh, and well done to Aaron slash the Dalek that I've just been speaking to. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much for downloading our podcast. Once again, we said right at the start of the show, 50,000 downloads in eight months. We're absolutely delighted with that, but we can't do it without you. So thank you so much for taking the time to come along and joining this Fight Disciples uh, community that we're, we're attempting to build. So thank you very much for being a part of it. As I said, there's a little bit of a treat online for you at this moment in time. Uh, fightdisciples.com. Go there, register, you'll be entered into a draw to win tickets to go and see Anthony Joshua, Eric Molina uh, in Manchester on December the 10th. That's exclusive to you as a podcast listener. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. If, you, if you're feeling really flush and you, and you love us properly, like, you know what I mean, like you'd invite us around for Christmas dinner type shit, um, please write us a review on there because that affects our charting position in iTunes. It's weird how all that works. But if you go on there and write us a little five-star review, uh, we will be forever in your debt. Now, as I'm sure you're fully aware now, we do two boxing shows a week. On Friday, we've got another one lined up for you. I'm going to, to apologise now, okay? Uh, because we, of course, have got um, some Friday night boxing to talk about with Bradley Skeet in action. We've got I'm, do- some- I'm, doing the, I'm doing the Vic Reevesy and I'm literally rubbing my thighs just calm down, right? with excitement. Calm down, right? Saturday night, we're going to be talking about the show that we've been given tickets away for, which has got Terry Flanagan in action and Billy yep. Joe Saunders in action. That's Good happening card. in Cardiff. Good card. We'll be talking about that on Friday's show. And then um, I apologise for the last for the last part of Saturday's show, uh, Friday morning show. Uh, Nick, it'll just be Nick talking about this Ukrainian kid that in his eighth fight could <laughs> be creating some serious history. Of course, it is Vasily Lomachenko, two weight world champion, and he's yeah. not even had eight fights yet. He's taking on a to, come on, man. He's taking on the Axe Man. He's taking on Walters this weekend. This could be fight of the year. Incredible. It could be, couldn't Incredible. it? It could be. For the WBL Super Featherweight Championship of the World. We're not going to talk about it too much now. We'll talk about it Friday. So hit subscribe. Yeah, man. Make sure. Join us Friday for the loving. <laughs> telling you. I'm going to go all Barry White and that. Hey, he's actually going to he's, he's actually going to speak to you in Ukrainian. He's not wow. going to speak in English. You're going to speak in Ukrainian all the way through the show, aren't you? Lomachenko. Listen, if you ain't seen this guy fight, where have you been? Friday. The number Friday. one. Number one, Calm, pound for pound, down. best on the planet. We've just been talking about the pound for pound best. He doesn't yeah, agree yeah, that yeah, it's yeah, Wood. Forget about those light heavyweights. This guy is pound for pound, the best on the planet. Can't wait for Friday's show. Tune in. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.